A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick, and Eddie Wilson, well, Eddie is, uh, uh, um, uh, he's locked up in the kiln right now over in outer space. You know, he, uh, he was trying to find some comics, and turns out he, he had crimes he did in space, I guess, and they locked him up. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out the next episode. But anyway. Before we get into the usual rigmarole on this special bonus episode, and tell, well, we'll tell you all at home. I can get a hold of us and them, our social media. So I'm a little bit excited for what we're talking about today. But first off, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Marvelists. You can also find us individually on social media. I'm at Peter Melnick on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on TikTok. TikTok. Easy for me to say. At Peter Melnick, but better. Eddie is on Facebook. Find the Eddie Wilson with the sunglasses. You'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Also, go to Instagram, Eddie9193, and follow him on there. Also, find us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, five star if you're ever so inclined, broken ice cream machines, McDonald's, etc., etc., etc. We're also available on all iOS and Android devices with apps such as TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course, iHeartRadio. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash themarvelists. And when you go on there, you can help support the show for as little as, I think, $3 a month to as much as whatever your little heart desires. Also, ladies and gentlemen... The $3 tier gets you our undying love and gratitude, as well as early access to episodes of this here fine show. $5 gets you all of that stuff from the previous tier. And on top of that, you also get two bonus shows. You get Fantastic Voyage, where we talk about all 102 issues, plus annuals, plus crossovers, plus all that good stuff of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's legendary, iconic, and even fantastic run of the Fantastic Four. We also have a show called You Haven't Read That, where Eddie Wilson will talk about comics he's never read before. And in honor of spooky season, Eddie is going to be reading The Walking Dead Volume 1, as well as Marvel Zombies, both comics done by the great Robert Kirkman. And then other uh, tiers gets you the ability to guest host this show, and again, all that good stuff. In addition, you can support the show by going to belowthecollar.com slash themarvelists and get the Dad Joke Immune t-shirt because, God willing, if you've made it this far, you are, in fact, Dad Joke Immune. Now, this episode I did not think would be happening, but luckily for us, it is going to happen, and it has happened. Well, in the future, it'll have happened. All that weird stuff. And by the way, pardon how I sound a little bit. I just got over a cold. I'm fine now, but I'm a little nasally, so... Hooray. Anyway, I wanted to get this episode out there into the internet ether because of the fact this is kind of a pretty big deal. This week, Square Enix just released the video game, or will be releasing 
after this recording, the game The Guardians of the Galaxy. And many of you out there know I'm a diehard Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Star-Lord is one of my all-time favorite characters in the Marvel mythos. And it's just cool to be able to see these characters get a game in this style. And I love how my uh, iPad is going off in the background. And I don't remember how to shut that off. I'm technologically stupid. But I digress. Anyway, the Guardians of the Galaxy game it was in develop for a little development for a little while and was recently announced earlier this year. So it's kind of one of those surprise games, kind of like how Insomniac Games has the upcoming Wolverine game that no one knew was going to be happening. And uh, also Spider-Man 2, which everyone and their mother knew was going to be happening because, come on, can, can, can you blame them? But this game, Guardians of the Galaxy, for the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 5, the Xbox One, and the Xbox... Uh, Series X, I believe that's what it's called. There we go. I'm, as you can tell, I'm more of a Sony guy, also because the names are just oh so much easier to rattle off. Because come on, but you've heard enough uh, people make jokes about the Xbox name. It's so confusing at this point. Xbox 360, and then one. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, for myself, Square Enix was able to give us a review copy, so we got the game, and we've been playing for the last few days in preparation for this episode, and I'm not very far in the game. And if you've listened to our episode with the great Yuri Lowenthal of Spider-Man PS4 and soon-to-be PS5 fame, I take my time with video games. I like to explore the minutia of what a video game is. And if you go through a game and speed run it, I feel like you're losing the ability of enjoying it. A lot of hard you know, work is put into these games, from all sorts of differing levels, you know, the development team, the designers, the sound engineers, all that stuff. There's a lot to appreciate about these games, especially in modern times. Growing up as someone who his very first video game system was a Game Boy, and then upgrading over the years to what it is now, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely technological marvels, pun mildly intended. But for myself, for this game, I'm playing it on the PlayStation 5. I'm one of the lucky ducks out there that was able to get a PlayStation 5 within, actually, I think the first month or two of the system being out. So, hey, lucky me. But this is one of those games where I feel I don't know how it performs on the previous generation of systems, PS4, Xbox One, etc. But And also, it's apparently going to be on the Nintendo Switch as a cloud-based game. I wanted to play it on the Switch but then I heard it's cloud-based, and I'm like, nope, you're not going to do that. But with this game, I was really excited because when I was told this game is not going to be like the Avengers in one way, and by the way, Avengers is a very much a hot-button topic of a game. Even now, you know, almost two years removed from its release, I get that. I really get that. But this is not one of those podcasts where we're going to talk about the negative like that. We're going to try and talk about as much of the positive as we can with this game, because in my opinion, there is a lot of positive. Obviously, this is not developed by the same team at Square Enix who did the Avengers game. But in regards to this game overall, I have had a blast playing it. And obviously, yes, you're going to, you know, some of you out there might be like, oh, of course he's going to say that, you know, because blah, blah, blah. No, no. I can be a stickler with games. For example, the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy games are very unremarkable. And as much effort and love was put into those games, from what I could see, they still did not grab me like this kind of game did. And 
one of the things about this version of the Guardians of the Galaxy game is the overall tone of the story. You know, you'll hear me be that stickler in regards to any Guardians, you know, spinoffs or TV shows or what have you. And I always complain about the music. And it's not really a complaint. It's more of a, you know, critique of just like, hey, man, this is what James Gunn's vision was. And this is, in fact, still one of those cases. James' vision of the game was supposed to be, or not game of the game, of the Guardians, is a soundtrack from the 60s all the way to 1979. This game's soundtrack is not that. This is actually its own thing. And obviously, just like the uh, films of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill was a teenager in the 1980s. All that good stuff as he grows up and goes off in outer space and becomes the swashbuckling Star-Lord. This more is a game where he's a kid that grew up in the 80s and he had his favorites. And one of the points of the game is his name came from a band called Star-Lord, not the whole point of your name is Star-Lord because you are a little space prince, according to his mother. No, this is something completely different. And when you take into account those varying differences, first off, by the way, the Guardians of the Galaxy in the movie is different than the original source material of the comic. So I like the fact that they even deviated from the movie version and the comic version in their own unique way with this game. So being able to see all these different things in regards to the Guardians of the Galaxy game, I like that. I think it was a very smart decision. Another thing about this game that caught my attention kind of right away is the feel overall of the game. Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, is more of a story like a, you know, a 1970s Star Wars type. This, on the other hand, feels to me like a 1980s science fiction movie. And Star Wars was in the 1980s as well, but this is more of its own thing. A, it's It feels in some parts science fiction meets sword and sorcery. And there's just something about it that I really enjoy, maybe more so than the actual Guardians of the Galaxy film in a way. Although I prefer my Star-Lord to still be Chris Pratt. I still prefer all of that kind of stuff. But this... This is one of those things where I've said it repeatedly in regards to other forms of media, like the Netflix Daredevil and the Spider-Man PS4. You're spending time with these characters. You're getting to know them. And yes, there are elements of the Guardians of the Galaxy from the movie with how the characters are written, how they're constructed in here. And I really enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that you have the obliviousness of what Drax is, where you know a character will be coming by and somebody will go this character is at 12 o'clock and he goes, no, that's he's in a place, not a time. So there's little things like that or, you know, oh, it's a trap. Crap. No, he said trap, not crap. It's, it's one of those you have to be there to hear it kind of things, but they 100% do a great job of taking these versions of the characters and making them similar to the film versions while also finding ways to give them a little bit of a 180. Like, for example, there is a plot point in the game. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but Gamora is not as rigid and strict and serious as she is in the movies. She's got much more of a playful side to her and is just a lot more loose 
in terms of how she can be as a person, just very freeing and not as cold like she is in the movies. Now, one of the things, of course, visually, from a visual standpoint, this game is certainly a thing to behold. Obviously, if you get the chance to see it in the game, go for the PS5 version. Personally, I feel going with the 5 and the Xbox Series X is going to be the way to go for this because if you want to play this game, you're going to want to play it on the best kind of system. If you've played Avengers for the PS4 or the Xbox One, you probably are well familiar and well acquainted with the load times, the arduous load times, which I don't know if they've changed them since. I, you know, immediately when I got the chance to do the digital upgrade to the five, I went to it for Avengers. But yeah, I can't deal with almost two minute loading times. And by the way, not everyone is going to have an X, uh, a PS4 Pro or whatever the Xbox One equivalent of a PS4 Pro is. But to be completely honest, being able to deal with those load times, I would not want to. So it's nice to be able to play them on a newer system and not have to experience load times of that magnitude. The load times overall for this game are pretty damn good. Personally, I feel like while this game was developed on the PS5 and Xbox Series X, this is more of a PS4 Xbox One type of title. We still have not gotten to the point in the PS5's life cycle where it's going to be pushing games to the limit of what you can do. We're still going to be seeing, by the way, just this is overall commentary in the gaming industry in general. We're not going to be seeing uh, PS5 style games for quite some time. It's going to be a lot of, you know, quote unquote HD remasters. And by the way, I always love that expression because, well, it's an HD game already. So why does the HD game need to be remastered when it's already in high definition? I don't I, I know where they're coming from with that, but I think it's stupid. But again, I digress. In regards to controls of the game, I'm enjoying what it is, although I do have a minor complaint. But again, it's because of my big fat hands, so I can't really say much. But one of my biggest grievances is how easy it is to accidentally turn on the visor when you're Star-Lord. And by the way, this game, you're playing a Star-Lord the entire time. You're not doing co-op, although some people out there have said, why didn't they do co-op for this game? It makes sense, but... I'm fine with it being a single-player game with a single narrative of Star-Lord. But anyway, for myself, it happens a lot during combat. And it's that issue of you're running, you're moving your right joy, uh, joystick to be able to, you know, move the screen around a little, you know, change your positioning. And you push a little too hard, and immediately the visor goes on. And it's... It's not so much Square Enix's problem as it is more of a problem with the controller that Sony has released with the PS5. But I will say the PS5 controller is pretty damn good. And for what it is, it very much has a... In some ways, you're going to be playing this game probably and sticking with the mindless shooter element of it. When you're using the element gun and just continually shooting, continually shooting... I'm fine with that, although I like the fact you can mix it up and be able to do other things, such as, you know, melee combat with your fists. But for the most part, it's one or the other. You're going to see yourself doing that a lot, a lot, a lot. But 
the overall gameplay mechanics of that, the controls. It's a very smooth game. I was having a lot of fun in regards to just exploring in the game. The uh, Being able to look around, see Easter eggs and all that good stuff. But doing so with the controls that it has, it enables you to be able to, in my opinion, other than that issue with the visor, flawlessly explore the game. So, control-wise, it's pretty damn good. But, like I said, the only thing that would be be needed to be fixed is that visor issue. Now, in regards to the overall aspect of the game, in regards to playtime, so... I have a regular, you know, a uh, Clark Kent-style job, as I lovingly call it. So I'm not able to fully invest all my time. But for what I have, I've invested quite a few hours into the game. And I'm still a little ways away from being finished, as far as I can tell. In regards to the pacing of the story, it is very much a game where you're going to be going for a while. But... If you're just going to be one of those people that, you know, you want to bang through the game, boom, 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 you're done. Yeah, it might be one of those kind of games. Because as I had a conversation with a friend, uh, Nick, who has been on the show in the past, the comment he made was, well, if it's a cloud-based game, what that means then is it's going to have a short story in regards to, you know, like on the Switch. It's going to be a shorter game to play. Which, that is a concern for myself. I am vehemently against a short game but then again like i said in the past i work a regular job i have my you know time to play the game as well as you know doing other things in my life so i'm not fully invested in things but when i do i take as much time as i can to be able to enjoy it so i can't really say anything in regards to the overall length of the game if you want to hear that you can go to other reviews of this game but for myself i thought the pacing of the game was pretty good So take that for what you will. And in regards to the overall presentation of the game, like I didn't really touch on it, but in regards to music, the soundtrack that was curated for this game was its own unique thing. And I really enjoy what they utilize for the soundtrack. Uh, Some things might change as far as I can tell. They might be uh, taking and removing some songs. I'm not sure, but I'm hoping this can be a game where, you know, as time progresses, maybe they add songs to it. But you never know. Like, I think that would be a neat concept for this. So we'll see what happens with that. But for what it was, the overall soundtrack curation, excellent job from Square Enix. And then in regards to the voice acting, the people that play the characters in this game, they are trying to do their best versions of the uh, MCU versions. However, I feel like they're still making it their own kind of thing. You know, you have you have the uh, Rocket Raccoon in the game where he's very much, you can tell, trying to do the uh, Bradley Cooper version. Same goes with the uh, Drax in the game trying to do his best uh, Big Dave Batista. But, again, just trying to be its own thing. And, again, you can tell it with certain parts of the character's attitudes and demeanor. Like I said, in regards to Gamora in the game, a completely different character than what she is in the MCU and in the comics. Actually, I I think she's more of the comic-based version than she is the MCU version. And again, the voice actress for this does a really good job with that, giving giving the uh, character of Gamora a much more freer kind of vibe to her. So the voice acting is excellent. And I think 
at this point, I'm going to wrap this episode up in regards to the review, but it is definitely a solid recommend. And this is taking off my diehard Guardians hat, scrubbing off my Star-Lord tattoo and all that stuff. But for a game of this quality, I definitely recommend this. I think in regards to the overall style of game, this is very much in line with like a... uh, How do you say? Like stuff like the uh, Batman Arkham games, which in many ways, you know, they've changed the gaming industry. So it's 100% that. And the uh, Spider-Man PS4 game where there's the levels of customization and all that stuff, you know. But I would definitely recommend this. Personally, though, again, I have not played it on the PS4 or the Xbox One. I would recommend looking into seeing video of people streaming it on YouTube and go from there, you know, like do, you know, a let's play or whatever of it, because I don't know what the levels of speed are in regards to load times. So again, go for that first, but if you have the means to play this game on a next gen console or current gen now with a PS5, Xbox uh, Series X, or I believe the game is available for PC as well, go with one of those. But again, just do your research for the PS4, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch versions. But if you, again, if you can get the uh, PS5 or Xbox Series X or PC versions. And yeah, uh, definitely solid recommend of this game. If I had to give it a uh, number score out of 10, I would give it an 8.5. It's got a lot of, like, again, from the, the point I'm at in the game, there's still a lot of meat on the bone, and I'm taking my sweet, precious time because this is a game where visuals are very much a thing that you want to embrace with this kind of game. The lush alien landscapes of all the different planets, it's something that you want to take in as opposed to, well, I'm going to beat the game in one, two, three because, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, a city like a Spider-Man PS4 or an Avengers kind of game where all it was was rocks and everything, but I digress. But this game definitely, if you're a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy and a fan of action games of this nature, go for it. So again, solid 8.5 out of 10. And I'll, I will most likely be continually playing this game. And I, the way the characters are in this game and the overall story makes me want to be able to experience this game again with a replay. So looking back in my mind of, you know, some of the things I've experienced in the game, yeah, I would want to play this again. You know, being able to encounter these characters and the varying decisions and actions of what they can do. You know, for example, the uh, the huddle feature, which I, before we wrap this episode up, I want to talk about. I think it's uh, it's a very neat gameplay mechanic where it's, the ability to get your team all powered up while playing a song from the awesome mix in the background. And what you have to do is if you press on the PS5 L1 or L1 R1 together and you end up huddling together in like, you know, like a football game and you're like, all right, all right, guys, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? And you have to pay attention to what your teammates are talking about. So like if they're saying we really suck, they're kicking our asses we 
are not going to be able to defeat them. You have to pick one of two options and you have to use words that are similar to what they're saying. So, oh, they're saying they're, we're getting our asses kicked. You find the option where it says we're not going to get our asses kicked. We're going to kick their asses instead. And you go with the one with similar wording to what they've talked about. And then once you go from there, boom, you get your uh, Popeye equivalent of getting spinach and kicking everybody's ass. So it's a neat little uh, way to be able to get a power up. And it's a way to get a power up and actually work for it, which sometimes you don't get in these games. It's just a power up and then you're done. Like, oh, cool. I earned enough of a uh, power up by doing a bunch of combos and I can unleash this power up anytime. Whereas here you build up to that power up, but you might screw up and lose it. So it's the element of utilizing your ability as a team leader in the game. So again, Guardians of the Galaxy, solid recommend. And if you can, be able to get it for a next-gen console. But if you are not able to, at least, you know, again, do your research and go from there. So I think that's going to wrap this episode up for today. We got some other episodes coming up later this week. Uh, we got, I believe it drops sometime today, either earlier or after. But if you see it in the feed, we got Mike Kingston of Headlocked Comics recorded at New York Comic Con 2021, talking about his current ongoing Kickstarter. We also have, in honor of spooky season, it's going to be dropping on Halloween, because I remember Halloween. It's going to be featuring Ed Pisker of Cartoonist Kayfabe talking about his new book, Red Room. And it's already available in paperback format. Go check it out on Amazon and wherever you can find all sorts of comical books. Anyway... Once again, big thank you to Square Enix for helping set this episode up for us today. And yeah, for The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Barry Wilson. Excelsior. Excelsior. Uh.